All right, so anybody that doesn't know who I am, my name is Cameron Terry. I'm the executive director here at Avian Originals. I've been studying natural health and natural health products for the last 20 years. To save you some of the longer details, you can listen to some of the previous conference calls where I go through some of the history of why I'm here and how I got here. The short version is that my mother was diagnosed with lupus about 18 years ago. She was given two to six weeks to live, and at her worst, she couldn't really crawl or walk. She more dragged herself around. She couldn't eat or consume foods. And it was through this type of product and this type of lifestyle that I'm talking about that we were able to completely save her life. Not only did we save her life, but she fully recovered. So it really changed who I was and where I was going with my life. I decided that this was probably the most important thing that I can do. There's so many people out there suffering in hopeless scenarios, given misinformation, and left without anything to try. And this type of effort or avenue that is available to us is just incredible. So to bring us up to speed on kind of where we're at in this conference calls, I think the first one we did, we talked about, you know, digestion and what that really looks like and what it should look like. And then we stemmed through more the reality of what most of us are experiencing today. And during that call, you know, we talked about proteins. We talked about what's going wrong with protein digestion. I'm going to go over a little bit of that again today just to bring us back up to speed. But after that call, we got into detoxification and the importance of detoxification. During that call, I talked about, you know, the creation of a lot of these toxins are being formed by proteins. And even the good quality proteins, if we're not digesting them properly, absorbing them properly, and eliminating them properly, they're putrefying and turning into some really dangerous toxicities. After that call, we talked about the probiotics. And I touched again on how important healthy bacteria reaction with protein is compared to the negative bacteria reaction on proteins. The call after that, we talked about how important enzymes are to help digest and break down proteins. And why I wanted to go through those calls quickly is so that you can see that every single call we've done so far has had a major component around protein. Protein is an incredibly important nutrient. I consider it the macronutrient. It's We need more protein in our system than we do any other vitamin, mineral, fat, or carbohydrate. If I had to list the importance of things that we intake into our body, I would probably put oxygen as first, as we can only go minutes without it. Water is second, as we can only go days without it. And protein would come in at your very third. Amino acids are the building blocks for every organ, tissue, and gland in your body. They're also the building blocks for every hormone, enzyme, you name it, throughout your body. Everything that our bodies do, from your hair follicles all the way down to your toenails, and everything in between is made up of amino acids. Let's talk a little bit more about protein and what it is. And I also want to get into some of the problems associated with proteins. So protein is an accumulation of amino acids. When you get these amino acids binding together, they, they form peptides. Peptides come together and they form proteins. Now, we talk a lot about how important protein is to the body, but protein in its protein molecule is useless to the human body. If we are not able to break that protein down into a peptide and then down into the single amino acids, it is absolutely useless to us. And so the absorption and utilization of protein becomes a huge importance probably the most important thing that we can do every day is make sure that we are getting proper proteins broken down into the amino acids. Imagine it like a pipe, and the amino acid fits in the pipe, but the peptide
peptide and the protein does not. That's kind of how your cells work. We cannot uptake a peptide and we cannot uptake a protein. When we ingest proteins, we chew them. They go into our intestinal system and there they should liquefy. At the liquefying state, it meets the pepsinogen, which turns into pepsin in our stomachs. And that pepsin is what reacts upon the proteins and breaks them down into peptides and then amino acids. Those amino acids are then absorbed up through our intestinal wall into our bloodstream, and then our organs, tissues, and glands use them to produce everything that we need every single day. But what happens if we don't have the enzymes to break down that protein into its smaller peptides, amino acids? We no longer can absorb the value of these amino acids into our system, and we get these undigested proteins sitting in our intestinal system. Those undigested proteins are going to be start reacting with the negative bacteria that each and every one of us have in our intestinal system. Protein starts putrefying into things like indole, scatol, cadaverine, putrescine, tyramine, histamine. These are really scary toxins, and I touched quite a bit more on them in the detoxification call. So if you haven't listened to that, it's well worth going and coming up to speed on what those toxins are and what they do in your body. But they are the underlying basis of bowel toxemia, which is now universally conceded as the cause of almost every disease out there. I think now is a really good time to maybe look through the amino acid profile and what do they do in our bodies. So I pulled up a little chart here, and this is available on our website. If you go to the, any of the RP3 products, you'll see a detailed informational sheet. It's got a little logo of a PDF beside it. This information I'm going to be talking about is present there. But when we look at our brain, our brain typically used tyrosine, tryptophan, spartic acid, glutamine, arginine, gluminic acid, serine, and valine. All of those amino acids have to be present at the exact same time and for your brain to function properly. Your thyroid uses tyrosine and phenylalanine as the two major amino acids that it needs, and both those have to be present at the exact same moment for that thyroid to work fun- to function properly. Your stomach, glycine, glutamic acid, histine, and tyrosine. Gastrointestinal system uses a lot of glutamine. Your natural immune system uses arginine, cysteine, lysine, and theramine. Connective tissues use proline, lysine, and arginine. Circulation uses a lot of arginine. Muscular systems use alanine, glutamine, isoline, valine, lysine, proline. Now, it's not really important that you guys know these names of the amino acids. What I'm trying to show here is that these amino acids all come from your proteins, and there's 22 of them. They all come from real food. Nine of them are essential, meaning that you cannot produce them inside of your body. You have to get them from your food, and if you don't get them, you go without. And if we're forced to go without in any of these scenarios that we just talked about, each one of these organs have to have all of them present at the same time. If you're missing one of those amino acids, you're going to run into a problem where that organ, tissue, or gland can't function properly. We get into, like, fertility and sexual function. We look at arginine, histidine, tryptophan. Your heart uses arginine, aspartic acid, and carinine. Pancreas uses arginine and methionine. Your liver uses all amino acids for all of its functions all the time. And this is where when people run into a deficiency in protein or amino acids, it's first usually noticed in the liver because the liver needs every one of those amino acids to run every one of its processes. 
Now, the liver is kind of like our mother organ in our body. It produces hormones that stimulate every part of our endocrine system and every gland in our bodies. It produces the glucose, which gives us energy throughout the day. It also produces all of the enzymes that keep us healthy or keep us thriving. So I hope what you're starting to understand is that amino acids are crucially important. They're used by every organ tissue and gland, and they're needed in such high quantities. In fact, your liver uses close to 54% of all the amino acids that you ingest. But even in this chart, there is about 20 different organ systems and glands just mentioned, and the liver is going to use more than half of the amino acids you ingest just for the liver. That means the other 19 have to share that 46% that's left over. You're not getting very much amino acids to a lot of those organs, tissues, and glands if your liver's taking most of it. The majority of us are amino acid deficient. How can I make such a bold statement like that, assuming that so many of us are? Well, I look around at North America, what 95% of the population consumes for their protein sources, and that's usually cooked meat. Now, the problem right there is the word cooked. When you cook a protein, you damage five of those nine essential amino acids, making them virtually unavailable to your system. And if you don't have those five amino acids coming in through your protein, you're not going to have that availability to your system. If it's not available to your system, how many organs, tissues, and glands can't function properly because of those missing components? The body just doesn't give up and say, okay, well, you know, our liver's going to stop functioning. It'll start stealing amino acids from your connective tissues, from your muscle mass, from your collagen, wherever it can to make sure that that essential organ functions. But now what you're doing is you're eating away at yourself. You're stealing from one part of your body to feed another part of your body. That is not a position that any one of us should want to be in. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going more into depth on that. I really want to spend more time on the value of protein and where we can get good quality proteins from. A lot of us are eating cooked proteins, and that's really the only source of proteins. And I often challenge people with the idea of, you know, where are you getting your raw proteins? And they kind of look at me funny, like I'm suggesting that they should be eating raw fish or raw pork or beef or chicken or eggs. And they don't really know how to answer that question. I guess some of the confusion is that animal products aren't your only source of protein. There are proteins in nuts. There are tons of proteins in seeds. There's proteins in your green leafy vegetables. There's really proteins in almost everything you ingest. A lot of the fruits and vegetables, though, are so low in protein that they're not considered a substantial source of protein. But if you're eating enough fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds every day, you can get a high quantity of protein. If you're taking your nuts and seeds and you're fermenting them and soaking them, you get a much higher availability of the proteins that are in there. A lot of us that are consuming, say, nuts and seeds for protein sources, if we're not soaking those nuts or seeds first, we have a really hard time digesting them. We have a really poor uptake and absorption of those proteins. I think that's why a lot of the market hasn't really jumped on to nuts and seeds as a substantial source of proteins is because nobody's doing any of the testing on soaked nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds contain what's called an enzyme inhibitor, it's like a little plug that plugs up where an enzyme wouldn't normally interact with that nut or seed. And naturally, this is there so that nut or seed could fall off a tree and lay on the ground for days, 
weeks, months, maybe even years, until the right conditions are in place to make sure that that seed can germinate and sprout and survive. What is it looking for primarily? That's moisture, water. When we soak that nutter seed in enough water, it actually dissolves that enzyme inhibitor. Now that seed becomes alive, and a lot of them will actually sprout. A sproutable seed is a seed that will germinate. It'll turn into a living food, and that's really where we want to start consuming it. That's where the best amino acid profile is, and the most amount of protein is available. When we start getting into some of these other nuts and seeds, like hemp seeds, which is really popular, hemp seed is about 54% protein by weight. That is more protein than a chicken breast or, you know, a steak or a lot of your meat sources. 54% protein is very high. problem is hemp seeds weigh very little. So we're talking a very large quantity of them to get the same amount of weight chicken breast or, you know, a side of beef or something would have. And the point of this call is not to be, you know, pro-vegan or anti-meat eaters. It's more about awareness and education. Eating large amounts of meat, and if that's our only source of protein, we're going to be missing several of these key amino acids. We don't have those key amino acids. Our bodies can't thrive. And that's really what Avena is trying to do, is educate people on how to thrive. So because of the difficulty in proteins, there's a lot of people out there supplementing with protein. Some of the most popular type of protein supplements I see are whey, soy, creatine, and casein. I'm just going to take a couple minutes and kind of walk through some of those. You know, casein is the part of dairy that Colin Campbell used in his research in the China study to show that he could turn on tumor growth by introducing casein and turn off tumor growth by removing casein. I do not consider casein a health food in any way. It's one of the hardest proteins to digest. And that's why, like, some bodybuilders and athletes like to use casein because it's so hard to digest. It takes hours and hours and hours to get the value out of it. It puts an enormous amount of stress on your body, but for them, they're not looking at it like that. They're looking at the length of time in which they can digest that protein. So so slow-releasing protein into their systems. When you get into soy, there's a lot of controversial with soy right now. And this isn't a soy phone call, or so we're not going to dive into the details on that, but you guys can easily Google you know, a lot of the soy negatives or negative feedbacks on soy. It's a very estrogen-rich plant, not the very best source of protein for everybody out there. The whey, most popular, absolutely. Most people enjoy whey. It dissolves really nice into water. It's like the smooth creaminess. It's the number one source of protein you see in almost every protein shake when you walk through a health food store or a bodybuilding store. And they're present in almost all of your major market stores. I see them in my grocery stores. I see them in Costco. I see them in Walmart. They're almost everywhere. problem with whey is it's an animal byproduct. Originally, whey was a waste product of producing milk and cheeses, and now we use it as a protein supplement. Whenever you use an animal byproduct, it has to be heated. So whey is pasteurized. And the concern here is that cooking proteins damage those five essential amino acids. So now we're getting a protein that isn't really fully bioavailable. You don't have access to those five other amino acids. And that doesn't sound like a very good protein. But people love it because of the results they get. majority of people are using whey for what I call vanity muscle, for the appearance of muscle. 
way, because it's missing those amino acids, will take a lot higher quantity of amino acids to produce the same strength of muscle. And so what you get is a bulky muscle. You get larger looking muscles in your body, and especially for the male population that is very fixated on their outer appearance, having this muscle definition is really important for a lot of males, and they'll use whey to do that because you can produce a bigger, bulkier, puffed-up muscle on whey than you can on any other protein. But the, how you're doing that is because you're consuming a lower-quality protein that requires a lot higher quantity of protein for you to be able to produce this larger muscle. That larger muscle isn't necessarily stronger just because it's bigger. And this is evident when you compare like bodybuilders versus functional muscle or endurance-type athletes. Endurance athletes don't want bulky muscle. They want small, thin, well-defined muscle. As they're typically like marathon runners. The heavier they are, the harder it is to run long distances. So they want strength without bulk. And that's why a lot of these endurance-type athletes have switched to vegan proteins because they get a better quality muscle with a less bulky muscle. A lot of us have probably heard about farm boy strength, like country boy strength. The idea that these you know, farm boys have grown up on the farm doing exercises, they're usually eating like raw milk or drinking raw milks and eating fresh food right out of the garden. They produce high-quality muscle, and often these guys are half the size of some of these big muscular men and yet stronger than they are. That's a great example of quality of muscle versus quantity of muscle, and that's really important to consider as well. Proteins just aren't for bodybuilders or anybody that's trying to either create muscle or strength. Proteins are a major part of that, but what about the rest of us, the people out there that are just looking to maintain their health? How do I maintain the muscle mass that I have? How do I maintain my organ strength and my beautiful hair and my beautiful complexion? Proteins are a big part of that. Do you want undigested proteins putrefying in your intestinal system? Do you want protein sources that are coming from heat that have now been damaged and not fully bioavailable to you? I don't think you do, and that's why you're seeing a lot of industry switching over to better quality proteins, raw proteins. This is kind of where I would like to introduce Avena's solution to these proteins. Avena's, for years, I wanted to create a healthy, raw-based protein. And it was really difficult because when I looked at what was out there and what other companies were doing, it was really hard to digest raw-type proteins, harder to digest than whey. And yet, you know, there had to be a better answer. And so for years, we worked on this really powerful formula of producing a raw, vital, plant-based performance protein. And that's where the RP3 comes from. It's R with three Ps, or RP. Which I consider the next generation type protein. When I look at a lot of those proteins we were talking about, whey and soy and creatine, what you often find on the ingredients list is things like artificial colors, artificial sugars, genetically modified ingredients, glutamates, sulfates, carrageenans, maltodextrins, sometimes heavy metals, aspartame, xylitols, sorbitols, which are more of your artificial sweeteners, calcium silicates. These are very common in a lot of the protein-type ingredients. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to consume very much of that every day. When you look at what Avena's done with their RP3, it has three ingredients. 
hemp seeds, sprouted peas, and goji berries. We then enhance that formula with protease enzymes, which is the enzyme that helps you digest your protein, as well as enhancing it with protolytic probiotic, a very powerful type probiotic that helps digest protein. What you end up with is a protein that is almost 100% virtually absorbable. And I've never experienced a protein like this. There's no bloating. There's no heaviness. There's no hard to digest. My body craves it, loves it. And I'm able to set new personal records on the exercises and the efforts that I do almost every week. And I've never been able to achieve, you know, continual strength without muscle fatigue ever before. So let's take a couple minutes and just talk about some of these ingredients in here. First of all, hemp seeds. I talked about how good hemp seeds were based on the amount of amino acids. Hemp seeds were 54% protein. Do you know that hemp seeds contain 20 different amino acids in them, all 100% raw? Hemp seeds have been known to strengthen your immunity and fend off toxicities. They aid in support of suffering of the immune system. Nature's highest botanical source of essential fatty acids with almost what's considered a perfect blend of omega-3 and 6 EFAs. Hemp seeds are also a superior, easily digestible vegan source of protein. They're a rich source of phytonutrients, contains disease-protective elements of plants, with benefits protecting your immunity, bloodstream, tissues, cells, skin, organs, and the mitochondria. When we start talking about sprouted pea protein, you know, there's 30% of it is natural iron sources. So many people today are suffering with natural iron sources and anemia and low hemoglobin and low iron. When you take your pea powder and you sprout it, it becomes 95% digestible protein. 95% of its weight is protein. Sprouted pea powder has also been known to help lower blood pressure. It helps cleanse your kidneys, and it's got an excellent array of amino acids. So those two right there become a beautiful combination. The difficulty, I guess, is sprouted pea powders do not taste very good at all. They're very bitter, they're very bland, and they're very unpleasant. A lot of these vegan proteins out there will use a lot of sprouted pea proteins to get the, the quantity of protein up there quickly. But then it tastes so bad that you get these artificial sweeteners and flavors and additives in there that now try to offset it. That's kind of this you know, dangerous game, game they're playing. Ravina's done a really nice balance of hemp seeds and pea protein so that you don't get that bitterness of the flavor. You still get the very earthy, natural flavor. And yet to bring up the flavor a little bit, what we've done is we've added goji berries. There's a few other good quality vegan protein powders out there that are using cranberries as a source to enhance. Well, if anybody knows the difference between cranberries and goji berries, goji berry is an incredible berry, far beyond any cranberry. You guys know that goji berries contain natural human growth factors for rapid muscle repair and recovery. Goji berries have one of the highest percentages of antioxidants protecting you from cancer and oxidation diseases. Goji berries have been found to improve mental clarity, concentration, and memory, boost and optimize natural immune systems. Goji berries are also anti-inflammatory and acts as an aid in tissue healing. This is phenomenal for athletes, for people that put in their systems or bodies under stress, whether that's you know hard labor work or even just degenerative type lifestyles that are causing that premature degeneration on their bodies. 
These three ingredients are the entire basis of what makes up the Avena RP3. Another thing I love about it, it's 100% whole food. So when you take a serving of RP3 from Avena, you're getting 21 grams of 100% raw whole food proteins. There's really nothing else out there like that. When I look at all these other protein products out there, none of them that I've found are 100% raw. And even if I could find another 100% raw protein, I'm not finding them with 100,000 HUTs of protease, which is a seriously strong amount of protease, allowing for absolute digestion of that protein, as well as 1 billion CFUs of protolytic probiotics. Part of the reason why people aren't doing that is because as soon as you add an enzyme and a probiotic to a protein powder, Health Canada no longer considers it a food. It's now a natural health product because it contains medicinal ingredients. That creates an enormous amount of red tape difficulties. You now have to get licensed to sell a protein powder in your grocery stores or any of your food consumer-type markets. But almost it's a disservice not to do it. If you're taking a vegan protein that's hard to digest and you're not giving it the tools required for proper digestion, you're just adding more stress to the body. And that's why a lot of these athletes that are using standard vegan-type proteins are going to tell you they don't work as good as the whey do, that they'd rather do whey or they get better results on whey. And that's because they're not doing it right. They're not consuming the right sources of protein. Has introduced this RP3 just over a year and a half ago, and since then, the feedback we're getting is just phenomenal from personal trainers to bodybuilders to professional athletes that are reaching goals they never thought they could before. Athletes that have been trying for the last four years to break a certain plateau or a record, and only weeks on the RP3, and they're already surpassing their previous records. No bloating, no muscle fatigue. You can really train longer, you can train harder, you can be more effective. And for us that aren't really training, it just means a better quality of life. Every organ tissue in your gland in your body can function easier and better because it's got a high quantity availability of these raw amino acids that everything in your body needs. That list where I went through thyroid, gastrointestinal tract, immunity, connective tissues, circulation, skeletal structure, muscles, Fertility and sexual function, heart, pancreas, liver, and brain. They're all some major organs, and they're just a few. And we didn't even get really into the endocrine system and all your glands. Those all require these amino acids. You're getting a phenomenal source of amino acids from Athena's RP3 compared to any cooked protein that you're consuming or any other animal-based protein or even a lot of your vegan proteins because it's not raw. I know that's been a ton of information. I've just been, you know, really kind of pulling us strongly down this path. And so I'm hoping that you guys will listen to this maybe a couple more times when you can and try to get a lot of the more details out of it. Just go a little bit further on what's available in a Venus RP3. When you look at 100,000 HUTs of protease in there, that's typically about a $20 value of protease that you would buy if you were just buying individual protease enzymes. We then have about $20 worth of Protolytic probiotic, the DDS1 inside of there, which is your world's leading protease digesting bacteria. You got a $40 value in that bag in the enzymes and the probiotics. And then if Venus is selling that for right around the same price that every other company is selling their vegan proteins at without the enzymes and probiotics. 
So you're getting way more out of it. It is probably one of the cheapest sources of protein when you actually compare the absorbability of the protein. And Abina has it in three different flavors for you guys versus a 100% natural. That gives you the most amount of protein per bag. Um, it's designed to be mixed yourself. So you would mix that with cinnamon or date or your own chocolate powder or your own strawberries or raspberries or whatever you wanted at that moment of that day. The benefit here is you get more protein for the same amount of money, but you'd have to flavor it yourself. It has no flavoring in it whatsoever. The second, probably the most popular on the flying off the shelves right now, is called the Superberry. This is a whole berry flavoring. So typically when a company talks about flavoring a product, they're adding in you know, the flavor of strawberries or the flavor of blueberries. They're never adding in the whole strawberry or the whole raspberry or the whole blueberry, and that's what Avena's done. They've produced this rich antioxidant blend of fruits and vegetables together which gives us this beautiful flavor inside of there. You're still getting 21 grams per serving, but your serving size increases to about 45 grams per serving instead of 30 with the natural. So it means like three of these 15-gram scoops instead of two. third flavor we have, which was in high demand when we were looking at producing this, especially from the females that we talked to, was a chocolate version. Now, Vina's not going to use just any chocolate. And we actually sell a very high-quality raw cacao. So what better fit than to use that raw cacao in this vegan protein to get this rich, beautiful chocolate flavor? We use a concentrated rice carbohydrate to help offset the bitterness of raw cacao so that what you get is a really smooth, easy-to-blend chocolate-flavored protein. And a lot of people describe it as similar to like a hot chocolate obviously without the heat. So it's an easy to mix, something you can just mix in water. Both the superberry and cacao can just be mixed in water and consumed, whether that's post-workout, pre-workout, or part of your breakfast shake, or even just an easy meal on the go. A lot of people I know have incorporated the RP3 as part of their daily regime for food. And I feel fantastic on it. My body craves it. I think I mentioned that before. And I don't know if I could go a day without it. If I'm forced to go a day without it, I'm definitely missing it. A few other things to really consider right now, the month of June, Avena's got the RP3 on sale. You're saving 20% off per bag until the end of June. That's a huge savings. It's one of the biggest sales we've ever had on it. And that sale's actually extending beyond the RP3, but to all of our major key products, things like the herb cocktail, enzymes, probiotics, RP3, E-Fusion, and several of the oils and secondary-type products. We've got this Avena booklet that I've re referenced a few times. It's available in print. If you guys are ever placing an order and you want a copy of it, just ask for a copy to be included in your order. We'll do that of no charge. You can download a PDF version on the line for no cost for it. Avena's also got, I think, over five or six different recipes and more coming frequently incorporating the RP3 into your food. There's smoothies, there's dishes, there's desserts, there's all sorts of you know fun things you can do with the RP3 to really bring up that amino acid profile and make it easily and bioavailable for your system. But all the key information I wanted to discuss quickly on the RP3, I did want to make sure that we left some time on tonight's call for questions. 
I know protein can be a very confusing topic, and there's a lot of controversial information floating around. So I'm going to open up the phone call or the mute button here, and we'll be available to take anybody's questions they have. I have a question, uh, Cameron. Yeah, Linda. When I am when I am consuming like something like chicken, uh, can I use the protease to help break that down? The protease enzyme. Absolutely, you can. You you can help get proper digestion and liquefaction of the protein, but unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about the binding of those amino acids. Those amino acids that were damaged mm-hmm. cannot be undamaged by enzymes or probiotics or anything else. That's a good. That's a good thing to know. <laughs> yeah, you know, unfortunately, I wish there was some way of undoing the damage of damaging those amino acids, but there isn't. The only way to do it is to consume raw sources of protein. Okay, so if you're doing a lot of raw food and you add your little bit of chicken, you're getting you're getting some without all the destruction, or right. make sure you're doing the enzymes to help all of that out. Yeah, so when you're consuming cooked meats, you've destroyed the enzymes in the meat as well. So adding the enzymes back in will allow the proper breakdown of it. Mm-hmm. Of, those, of those, like, 13 other amino, or 11 other amino acids, you can still get a lot of value. Sorry, it is 13. You can still get value of those other 13 amino acids. It's mm-hmm. like nine of the essential ones that you, you're missing out on a lot of. But as long as they having that chicken breast on top of a beautiful salad with, like, some hemp seeds and stuff in it, mm-hmm. you're getting those other amino acids in there. They may not be in the quantity that you ideally want them to be in, but they're still going to be present, which means most of those organs and tissues and glands can still function, just possibly at a reduced rate. Okay. Far better solution than not having them at all. Right. Okay. So if there's no other questions, I think I'm going to wind up the call and bid you guys all a beautiful evening.